We are back, everybody, for another episode of the ABJ Podcast, episode 97. Chris O'Mealy. I'm really excited for this one. Um, one half of the uh, Three Legacies broadcast team. He's his own content creator as well. As they, There's so much going on with this guy. Uh, we, we've, we've been chatting for a while online. Uh, hopefully some future content coming up with both of us because uh, we, we're both very passionate about the independent wrestling scene and putting over amazing talent. Also, just to kind of give you a little a glimpse into the future, not only will I have Chris on today, but I will have his broadcast partner on very close to the end of the year, possibly the last episode of season one. Joey Image will be joining us on the episode as well. So we're, we're, we're like we had the owner of Three Legacy. Now their commentary team, some talent talent it's you know we're putting over all the promotions in the northeast wrestling scene and i'm sure we'll talk about you'll hear three legacies dropped in there 600 times this podcast because they're doing amazing things make sure you check out the links below for all things abj whether it be following me on social media uh or buying some merchandise there is tons and tons and tons and tons of logos available right now uh so uh as as of the day of this recording uh Spoiler alert, this has been recorded in October. This is airing in December, but I am currently working on, so by the time this airs, it's all be done. But I've been putting out every single logo. So far, I'm not done. There's still a lot more to come, but I'm up to 147 logos. <laughs> we have variety of every spoof you can imagine of stuff. Like I have very, very talented people who help me. Uh, Witchcraft by Lily and logos by Hunter, Haley Stokes, Hi, have all been making amazing logos during this time where I have no car, no job, chasing this dream, and they've been really, really helpful just putting out some fun little logo spoofs and hopefully can people buy a t-shirt or two to help the ABJ podcast stay alive. You know what I mean? Like a lot of that has the reason this has been alive. We had the sponsorship for a while there with Suplex. They were helping out, but they are another set of unsung heroes. Links are in their uh, bio. If you want any logos or anything, hit them up. Um, also, uh, yeah, so grab those logos. Everything will be on Tee Public, and then Teespring will have just an exclusive shirts, and then every now and then more merchandise will pop in that you, can only, that you can't get on Tee Public. Uh, so T-shirts and hoodies and all that are available on Teespring, and then Tee Public is just T-shirts and I think like pins and stuff. But uh, So there's a variety there, so go check that out. Um, uh, make sure you go check out all those links below. Without further ado, let me bring my guest in, Chris O'Mealy. I was going to say, I need to hire you to be my marketing coordinator because you are the plug king, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, we got a lot going on. I have a lot of very important people in my life who are supporting me and helping me get by. Uh, Like I said, life has taken a drag. I'm back home, mom off camera, trying to uh, have a conversation as I'm recording. (laughs) And then I say, hey, I'm recording. And she just wants to keep talking. Lovely stuff. Anyway. (laughs) Is your mom Italian by any chance? Because that would be mine. No. Super Irish. Just doesn't shut up. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, Irish Italian are very similar. Just one eats more. Yeah, you're telling me. I'm half and half, so. Same, yeah. (laughs) My dad's side Italian, mom's side Irish. This is a very vicious, like, blood cycle that's happening right here. (laughs) Uh, Clash. Wonderfully. Let everybody know who you are and what you do. I mean, I, I kind of gave a little bit of what you got going on, but you have a lot. So let's give a, a brief, Man, a I don't brief know. idea you of what you put together. Good, you did a pretty good job with that already. But uh, my name is Chris O'Mealy. I've been involved in the professional wrestling industry since 2005. I am very old and it, things hurt now when I move around. But thankfully, I haven't taken a bump in over 10 years. So I probably move better than a lot of people in my position. But I... We'll talk a little bit more about this here, but I am a former Disney cast member, part of the 
opening team of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter for all of you Potter fanatics out there. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. That was a that was an experience. And yeah, uh, <clears throat> currently one half of the commentary team for Three Legacies Wrestling. I am the play-by-play -play commentator, Joey Image, who I have known for as long as I've been involved in wrestling, 18-year friendship. I uh, handpicked him as my color coordinator. So I love I love calling him a color coordinator because it throws him off every time. He's like coordinator. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you coordinate <laughs> colors. Um, Ricardo, Ricardo let me pick my own guy. He said, if you know anybody who wants to do it, and I went right to Joey because I know that ever since his retirement in 2015 and not being able to be involved anymore as far as in-ring capacity goes, he really just likes to be involved. He's very smart to the business. He's been around for a long time. He's got a lot of great advice that he offers people. I tell him this all the time, Joey, that you are way smarter than you give yourself credit for. And I've seen him do that with the students at Three Legacies Wrestling. So we mesh very well. There's still a lot that we're both learning from as far as commentary because the promotion's only a little over a year old now, even as we record this. But that's all part of the learning experience. You just get better and better through time. You learn from your mistakes. You figure out what works. And you just remember, you put the talent over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, listen, sometimes I'm not that great at that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we all slip up I, every now and again. But also, I sometimes I play a little bit of the bad guy. So I kind of, I kind of, yeah, you're F that guy. I, I, I try to, I don't want to say I'm trying to bring back because there's a lot of people who try it, but I, I like to, uh, I like to bring in those shades of like Bobby and those shades of Ventura in, but I also uh, was trying to do a, a different thing Greece. before where I bring in, like I try to do commentary from a fan standpoint. And the reason I try to do that is because I was brought in as a podcaster, like people like, Hey, we want you on commentary because we like your voice. We like your energy. We like everything about you. And because right. you're a good podcaster, bring that to commentary. And right, I was like, okay, same reason why Ricardo brought me in. So, yeah. And I started doing it, but then I was all like, I, I'm also very, I guess, polarizing. I'm very loud. Sometimes <laughs> rebunctious. I throw some quirks in there. Italian. And then a lot of people are like, oh, it's really funny, but it's really different. We're not really sure how we feel about it. And then that Pat McAfee guy showed up and everyone's like, Blackwell, we like what you're doing because it reminds us yeah. of what we're hearing on TV. And I'm like, exactly. that guy's helping me out tremendously. <laughs> there is uh that's the thing though. And <clears throat> the best advice I could ever give anybody in commentary or even ring announcing, because I started as a ring announcer when we go into like the history and everything, but make it your own. Don't mm -hmm. try to be the next Bobby Heenan, be the first mm -hmm. Anthony Blackwell Jr. Yep. And that's yeah, uh, once. And I, I had to figure that out myself because for a long time they were like, oh, do Joey Styles stuff because I used to wear glasses and I look like him. And I'm just like, okay, but I kind of want to, be me but i was a greenhorn i didn't know any better so i emulated joey styles and that was a massive failure because there's only one joey styles i i did a little joey styles last night i i at the sanctuary i did uh um solo commentary so i was doing play-by-play -play and color and uh, i'm normally not go. a play-by-play because -play i don't know move names and i don't want to get them wrong and then i get that thing in the back of my head where i hear the internet wrestling community roasting me before i say a move and i'm like i'm gonna not say this right and i just like and then I just get the light to one, like, F it. And I'll be like on commentary. I'm like, oh, side <laughs> thing. I don't care if you don't like yes. it. <laughs> I'll just well, say the fuck <laughs> Well, second main lesson I, I took away from commentary is that it's more important to tell the story of what's happening in the ring than it is to know every name of every move. Exactly. So, 
I I look Once at you it like figure this. that stuff out. Your commentary gets so much better. Yeah, I look at it like this, and maybe you can agree or disagree. But I feel like we're at a day and age where we're not like for a while. Even when television became a thing, everyone mm-hmm. still did sports commentary as yes. if it was being done over a radio. And it's yes. just like arm drag into the thing, off the rope. Da, da, da. I'm like, they can see that. Yeah, they can see that exactly. Tell the story. Tell the, the story. The fans, the fans can see what's happening. I call, I call wrestling matches like it's a sporting event, like it's an actual match that's happening in front of me because that's mm-hmm. how I was always taught what, what, how the best commentators did it. And I yeah. take a lot of my inspiration from, you know, I'll, I'll throw a couple of shout outs in here. Um, I, I love the commentary old school from Gorilla Monsoon. Mm-hmm. And the way he played off of Jesse Ventura and Bobby Heenan, which were both great foils for him. I love how Joey Styles did it by himself, but he still managed to, to do that. And thankfully, I haven't ever had to do that by myself. I've always had it's a terrifying. commentary partner. No, it's it's difficult. It's very difficult. And I've tried practicing on matches at home by myself. Like, this is hard. I need to take a breath every now and again. It's Yeah. I need a drink of water. I can't. Like, you, gotta, then you, then you forget. <laughs> Oh, it's just like running the ropes. You, if you're not breathing, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna run twice across. Or you're gonna collapse on yourself. So, yep. Yeah, uh, it's tough. I, I, a lot of people don't let the match breathe too. Like, it's okay exactly. to let people, like, especially if you see the talent talking to each other, like mm-hmm. not talking in the term of talking in the ring, but like enough so they want the crowd to hear what's being said. Commentary needs to like chill for a second and let the cameras exactly. pick that up. You know what I mean? Like, it's, exactly. it's tough. You'd, I've done commentary a few times where someone's just like, I need to talk every single second of this match and just go, 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 go. And you're just like, hey, you know, I'm here. You know, give me a, you want to give me a, sh- a spot to interject? <laughs> that happens a lot when you get a guest commentator, when you have talent sitting yeah. in oh, with you who never yes. done it before. And they, and you got to just kind of pull, pull the Jim Ross card. Another great play by play guy. Just pull the, you know, take it easy, kid. Take a breath. Yeah. Um, I, I won't say who I did commentary with, but there was there was like five or six of us. I'm not even joking. I think it was a six man booth for one match. That is and out of control. It was dumb. It was stupid. I don't uh, even know like three man booths. <laughs> yeah, and the, I don't see. I like a three man booth if it's a good three man booth. Like I did a three man booth with me, Pete DeLong, and Paul Bow. Right, and that's three legends. You know what well, I mean? Besides well, Pete, not me, but the other two are legends. Well, they're also myself, great at what they do. Yeah, and then it would be like me, Pete, and um like bp who i do commentary with sanctuary we did a, a show before and that was amazing like because i i bounce off really well with bp pete can bounce off anybody that was a good booth yes. um but then every now and then like you go to a show it'd be me pete and insert somebody here and then it just turns into like pete doing play-by-play the other guy kind of inserting what he can and then usually me making fun of the third guest <laughs> 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 um which is a good time you know I'm well, like, we well, if there's a, three uh, people, my role has to be more like I have to be that character. Like I, someone has to play a character here. And I'll, I, that's where I'll try to like jump in and be like more of a character guy. Like, I can't yeah. stand this guy. And try to give that. So the Bobby I always love doing commentary with Chris Decker because never, he would just get. Him. Oh, he was he was so much fun because he would just get so into it. And he didn't, especially if we knew we didn't have to censor ourselves on commentary. So he'd just be like. Oh my God. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm already blanking on people's names that I've worked with in the past. Sorry, goldfish memory. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll happen kids. As you reach your late thirties, get ready. Yeah. It'll happen to you kids. I'm telling you, <laughs> but, but we were, we we're calling something. <laughs> Decker just screaming. I hate this guy. He's a scumbag. 
And I'm like, are you supposed to be the play-by-play guy? He goes, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love it. <laughs> the best is when like you kind of come out of your comfort zone and do something different. And oh yeah, I, I don't it's, know. It's so I, much fun. I get sometimes when people are like, oh, I can't stand when commentary go into business for themselves. And I was like, yo, we drove just as far and worked just as hard on that show than a wrestler does. Let us try to get over. Like, we're just as much a part of the show as the talent are. Like, imagine telling Jim Ross and and Jerry the King Lawler, hey, you're doing too much. You're getting more over. Oh, my God. Are you crazy? Like, stop it. I mean, that's just it. We're we're, I'm going to put the talent over. I'm going to put them over big. But, you know, I get I'm also part of the show. Exactly. And if I'm if I'm not entertaining in my own way, then why is anybody going to want to listen to my commentary? Yeah. A lot of people stuff that too, we're just learning from what, when people are like, I usually mute commentary on the independent scene, but like, <laughs> if I listen to you, I leave it on because you're entertaining. It's like, all right, that's a win. I like that. Like you're yeah. not muting me <laughs> because I there also, is a lot of bad commentary on the independent wrestling. Oh, w- I won't name anybody, but I've heard it. And yeah. that's another thing I've learned to not talk over the whole match. And sometimes I just let it go quiet and let the wrestling speak for itself. And then I mm-hmm. interject and I think people appreciate that because I'm not trying to yeah, like right now we're doing a podcast and dead air on radio can be death. And I've got a radio background. So I kind of had to unlearn that a little bit, but once yep. I figured that out and I realized that, well, you no, know, that's a visual aspect, let the match speak for itself, interject your stuff in and mark out a little bit too, because if you're excited, they're excited, mm-hmm. project that. And now that I figured all that stuff out, I feel like I've I just come across very natural on commentary and I've still got worlds of improvement to go. And that's that's great. You should always be improving. That's what they tell you. Mm. But I'm having fun with it, too. And I get a lot of compliments from a lot of the talent. You know, hey, I really like that line that you said Uh, right now. My go to one shout out to Zoe Cannon, one of the uh, three legacies top students, by the way, first female graduate. Oh, she's wow. out there. She's out there killing it right now. I think I seen um, her uh, PPW. She's yes. if I'm not mistaken, uh, she was in a it's PPW. So every women's match is like a four way or a six way <laughs> or mixed tag. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that she was. I believe like, if I remember correctly, she's very, very impressive. She 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 looks like um um like her style is very um she she can hit hard, but she's also very like like speedy. Like she has that like speedy yeah. aspect to her. Yeah. So she's got the. Uh... She's kind of the the girl the the fun the fun loving girl next door type who's also like a metal chick. Yeah, I think kind she was a heel the night she worked PPW. I think she was a heel that night. Well, she's a baby face in 3LW because she's yeah. homegrown because all the students work as crew. Mm-hmm. So when they graduate and start having matches, the regulars know who they are and they can't help but cheer for them. Yeah, uh, Clayton Adams is the only one that went heel because he debuted as a heel. Uh, the very first 3LW show very first official match we do pre-show matches first official match was uh ricardo rodriguez and bryant star here's some 3lw history for you ricardo wins the match and right after this big six foot nine dude comes out and just freaking big boots him and choke slams him i like who the heck is this guy and that was clayton adams the first official graduate yeah so that's another thing too someone makes a debut on wrestling um i've had situations where comment commentary wasn't told uh anything about that's- them and then you have the one person scrambling to like, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? And I'm like, don't say it. We have no idea. We're <laughs> seeing it as the fans are seeing it. If we don't yes. say the person's name, that's part of the show. You know what I mean? Well, like, And I think that's something that uh, Kevin Murphy really appreciated because I knew he was going to be doing. He had a big storyline with Ricardo about taking over the company. It's actually still ongoing as we record this. 
Uh, I know we're recording in Halloween time. You're listening to this in Christmas time, folks, but storylines are still going because this is yeah, there's so much snow out there. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Huh? What? But, <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Oh, the, the, the I surprise entrance. Yeah. Jake Roberts snow got in my way. I my, my, my bad there. So, <laughs> but Murphy appreciated that because he brought his stable of guys with him that were going to interject in the storyline. I made sure to not only grab their names, but also some background info on them. So I could say like, oh my God, here come, here come the actual money and muscles guys. And here's all these stats about them. And yeah. it's just, well, it's all part of doing your homework. Yeah. And, and that, got, a lot of people don't realize like the independent scene as a commentary team, you have to like, I don't know how you guys are there, but like a lot of times when I'm doing commentary, I have to bring my own production. So I'm commentary yes. and the commentary production. So I have to set up my own stuff, find a way to make it mesh with the camera crew that's there and all yep. that. That's a, that's a blast. But also like you got to go backstage and you have to pick and choose your right spots to talk to talent to get their information so you can put them over in commentary while they're trying to get their match together or get yeah. gear on or like it's there's a lot involved it's a it's a lot of work I, I try to be pretty respectful about that but there's certain times when like all right guys I can't sit here while you guys plan your whole match so I'm just like pardon me I just need to interrupt 2 seconds yep. let me just grab some info oh, and, you have um, you have to interrupt out of your way yeah you have you're to. never going to get done in time well thankfully we have Bobaconda Productions working with us here uh, and Andrew Shankman, who's a wonderful production guy, uh, it's his company and he brings his own crew. He's got great audio setup, uh, great, great camera work. And he supplies us with the microphones and everything, good professional, great equipment. So we just kind of have to show up, put the headsets on and get to work. God, and that's beautiful. been, that's been that's very a, helpful. That's like, that's a dream. Do you have yeah. monitors? And, so, <laughs> okay. So. Oh. Yes. Did not mean to do that. Did not mean to do That's that. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, we do. But sometimes they just plain don't work or we can't get them to fit with the thing. So we're just like, we'll just watch the ring and make it yeah. happen. Monitors can make it easier, but in some cases, they're just not practical for the setup. So yeah. we just work with what we can. But and we also have a good we also have a good audio guy. We have Chia Frost as our. She was a go guy too. Yeah. So I've got, I had one situation where we had monitors and you were able to watch the whole show through the monitor and not the ring, but we were also behind the crowd. So that helped out a lot too. But yeah. this production team uh, also did, uh, they would do um, instant replays. So if something crazy happened, they would pop it back in. Like it was like a one take thing. They shot the show as if you were watching it live, but it wasn't live. And then they would just insert it later on and just like go from there. So on commentary, we were like, hey, don't do anything crazy because we're shooting it as if it's live. I was like, so I appreciated that. And it almost gave me like a TV vibe. Like I was like getting TV ready. Uh, this was at PPW. But that production crew, like I learned to like watch the monitor and be like, oh, we had a good thing here. And I would like challenge them. I'm like that big boot. If we can get a replay of that boot out there and then they'd be scrambling <laughs> and, then <they're> like, <laughs> and then it would. Then it would pop on the screen like, "There's that big boom, boom, boom!" Like, listen, <laughs> I know yeah. you can do this instant replay, so now you're gonna do it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want, would literally. You want to be live? The, yeah. You want to be live? <laughs> yeah, We're they, live, pal. <laughs> yeah, but they loved it. They're like, "Yo, we love that you interact with us as the production yeah. team and like give us like stuff to. like that." I'm like, "Yeah," I was like, "I've never experienced that, so I'm just having fun with it." But then I would have to watch the monitor and be like, "Oh, here's that replay again, real quick, Paul, Paul, that big boot, like you know what I mean, like, or if they don't tell us it's coming, we." just pops up on screen but if we're still calling the action and then they pop an instant replay on screen we're like oh boy or another thing that happens a lot too is like multi-man 
matches or tag, you're seeing someone get punched on the outside, but the camera <laughs> yeah. crew, you have no idea what they're showing. So you're calling something that the, that's not even being shown on camera. And then, then you have to rely on in post editing. Are they going to show what you're talking about? Right. You know, so like that's, that's, that's a cool thing tricky. about the Bavaconda guys. They're very, yeah. very good at that. And, uh, that's how, uh, that's how we always get our, our commentary notes on what, what's working and what's not because, Ricardo's just like, man, he goes, I've, I listen to you guys quite a lot as I'm in the editing process. So like, yeah. but that's good though. That, that's amazing. You're getting feedback. Cause that's an yeah. unheard of thing. And like, and that helps <laughs> yeah. you get better. And, and well, for, I, for Ricardo to give you feedback is great. Cause he, he's done literally almost every job in the business. For sure. I don't think I could say enough positive things about him. Like just the fact that watching him train his students, here's a guy who's so patient and so understanding and he's not he's not yelling at anybody he's not threatening anybody he's not screaming like he's such a mellow guy and he's turning out these great students which just proves that like you don't have to be a hard nose trainer to come up with the best students you can be you can mm -hmm. be kind and nerd yeah. and fatherly like yeah and when i interviewed him he uh he was explaining too like he would help he would like be side by side with regal and they would help like mm -hmm. work people in the ring and it's just like if you're working with regal and he trusts you enough to be like his runner because to go in there yeah. and like hey go in there and work this guy because i trust you enough like if regal is giving you a badge of honor that's enough right there to be like if i'm looking for a wrestling school in the pennsylvania area oh for uh, sure and you're near lancaster you're 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 a fool not to go to to three legacies. yeah and he's always taken on new students he does a lot of beginner classes too where he'll do like a seminar and have people come in and test the waters a little bit because you know this because i'm sure you've been to plenty of schools before just like i have everybody thinks that they're gonna get in on day one and start doing moonsaults and that's not wrestling training at all you're gonna nope. stretch you're going to do lots of cardio. You're going to get beaten down a little bit because um, Joey image always said it best. It's, it's like boot camp. We have to, we're going to weed out the pretenders because not everybody can do this. And once we see that you're, you're serious and you're putting out the effort, now you can start learning all the intricacies about it. Yeah. Or if you come in and you're really, really athletic, they're like, all right, we're going to make sure you're not just an athlete and you really want this. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. So when did you get involved in professional wrestling? What's what's like when you first got in, were you a talent? How did you get involved? What school did you go to? <clears throat> so pro wrestling quite literally just appeared in my life. And it's actually a pretty funny story how it happened. So I was in, uh, I guess it would be considered my sophomore year of college. And I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do as far as job and everything. I was looking at journalism, but journalism wasn't really lighting the world on fire. I didn't really think I wanted to be like a newspaper guy because mm -hmm. I found out about broadcast journalism, you know, working in television and had a really good local teacher at the school. He's actually one of the local weathermen. So he was teaching broadcasting classes and like meteorology classes, which I I'm passionate about meteorology stuff too. So I was like, oh, this will be cool. I can take all these classes, learn from this guy. So my first day of class this sophomore year, I'm sitting in the back of the room. It's, this is a community college, small classroom, 20, 20 students or so. Broadcasting schools are never big. I'm sitting in the back row of four computers, me two, and two of my friends. And then this fourth guy is sitting back there with us. Small class. So our professor, Tony Salimo, he's retired now. So I hope you're enjoying that, by the way. You and your friggin' nice house that you tried to make me clean once, Tony. <laughs> I would have done. I would have done it if the money was was good enough, though. I like money. What can I say? Yeah. So, 
we're, I'm sitting in the back of the room, with my two friends, and we're all wrestling guys, like the three of us. And there's this fourth guy sitting with us. And Tony's like, hey, go around the room and introduce yourself. So the guy's like, oh, hi, my name is John Salinas, and I'm a professional wrestler. And we all did the. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, I've been a professional wrestler for about three years now. Like, holy crap, what? <laughs> You're a what? Because those were like my pay-per-view buddies. We we were all wrestling fans from high school, went to college together. We always got together on the Sunday nights and watched the pay-per-views, chip in some money, get some pizza. It's the best way to do it. Watch the show. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's how I met old John Salinas, Johnny Toxic. Just yeah. This. And he was, that was actually his first year of college because he's a, he's a year younger than me. Mm-hmm. So... Of course, we're always chatting. We're asking him all these questions about training. You know, he trained at a Kevin Knight school in West Patterson. And same school as Joey Image. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we're asking all these questions and everything. And I was like, man, I would love to do something in wrestling. I always thought it would be cool. Like, I know I'm not an, ath- an athletic kid. I don't know if I could actually be a wrestler, but it would be so cool if I could be a manager or a commentator or something. He goes, I think you could do it. Why don't you come with me one time? I'd like to do what now? Like, so could you imagine if someone walked into a wrestling school, like our wrestling thing, and you're just like, Hey, by the way, I found this kid in community college. He's going to be a broadcast journalist. And the wrestling are like, it's a big title title. Like that's a commentator. He's a broadcast journalist. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> we, were I did... the, we were going to use a ring crew guy to go up there and do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, based on some of the places I've worked that I won't mention, yeah. that's probably happened before. Yep. So, it was a, all I can remember was a Wednesday night in December of 2004. I can't tell you the exact date. It's mid-December-ish. Get in the car and we drive up to Pittston, Pennsylvania. And this is where World Star Wrestling was operating uh, their school, Backbreakers, which Justin Glory later took over, was operating mm-hmm. a school out of a garage in Pittston. So, of course, uh, I met Glory next. We were like at the gas station or something and he happened to meet us there. Like, yeah. You know, how he tells me his real name. Like, I'm he's like, I'm like the student trainer and everything because all the good wrestling schools had student trainers. And then I met Johnny Glitter for the first time. And it, it was funny because they prepped me for him too. They're like, he's going to walk in. Don't be intimidated by him because Glitter is Glitter's a big dude. And he has, he's got the Hulk Hogan hair, nothing on top, all long blonde in the back, but he had it dreadlocked for some unknown reason. <laughs> he's a cool. He's a good guy, and I hope he's doing well out there. I know he's uh, apparently World Star Wrestling is still around. I don't think really? they've run a show in twelve years, but they're still a thing. So, you know, shout out to them. <clears throat> I'll give. I'm going to give lots of lots of shout outs and plugs along the way here. But, Please do. But yeah, Johnny Glitter, Justin Glory, and John Salinas. It's it's their fault that I'm involved in all this. So everything that's ever happened to me in wrestling, I can blame it on them. I, yeah. I tell Salinas that all the time too. He goes, "I'm not taking any responsibility for you." I'm like, no, nope, it's it's too late, man. You you drove me there. <laughs> this is yeah. This is all on you. And we'll talk about Foreman GSW later. But uh, so I didn't have any money to actually train, but I still wanted to to go and hang out and observe everything. And it's how it kind of like fell in my lap a little bit because after a couple months of just going there and observing, uh, Glitter pulls me aside. He goes, you know, look, kid, I I see you're very serious about this, and I know. I know you can't pays to train or nothing, but we need a we need an announcer. I think I think you'd be good at it. So we're gonna have you do the backstage commentary. You're gonna be our mean gene. I love the way he talks, by the way. And I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do backstage announcing. That's gonna be awesome. 
And of course, my first show got canceled because independent shows do. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the deal was with the next show. They didn't they didn't either didn't have a ring announcer or they wanted to use him as talent instead because it was a talent they were using as a ring announcer. They're like, well, screw it. We need a ring announcer. And that's you now. I was like, OK, yeah. so you want to mean to think that happened on a Friday, by the way, for a Saturday show. So I had like a crash course in ring announcing. Yep. And uh, May 14th, 2005 at the Matamoros Firehouse in Matamoros, Pennsylvania, in front of 50 raving fans that for me, that should have been 5,000 fans because that's how I felt going out there. And I was a huge nervous wreck. But man, I had such a blast at that show. And I still remember that show like like it just happened yesterday. And it's been almost 18 years, which is terrifying. <laughs> I, I but, had I went to a show. I was supposed to be a host, like a host, but not a ring announcer, just a host, like a go out there and host, do a yeah. bit and leave. You know what I mean? Type of one of those deals. Right. Which was kind That's of what they were going to do with me. Yeah. So I show up at the show, but they're like, hey, before the show starts, can you go to the convention that's around the corner and work the convention all morning, get hand out flyers and get them to come to the show that's a couple blocks away? Not a problem. So I do everything. I'm like, hey, we're like, where are you at? I'm like, we started to get something to eat. We haven't eaten all day. Well, can you get here quicker? I was like, I guess. Like, we're on our way. We walk in the door like, by the way, you're ring announcing today. And I go, what? Huh? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't have a voice. I don't know what to do. And I'm just like, I remember I got in the ring. I had the note cards. I did the first two people and I blacked out. I don't remember any of the show. I just went on autopilot. <laughs> I literally don't remember yeah. any of it. And then I remember sitting. The main event is happening. And I'm sitting. It's it's Mike Skyros versus Edith Surreal. And I remember just sitting next uh, at the like the, the production table where like commentary is one side and the, the sound guy and then and it's just me. And I remember just like realizing I'm like, the show's over. Like we're done. And I was just like, I hope I did good. <laughs> I don't remember like I, like everything just went away. And they're like, yo, you killed it. You did a great job. And I was just like, I have no idea. I, I could, I, I still haven't watched it back. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I'm terrified. <laughs> so uh, I have one ring announcing under my belt, but I have no idea go. how I did. I have no idea how I did. <laughs> I, I always had a lot of fun doing ring announcer work. Uh, it took me, took me a, a little while to really feel comfortable with it and I think get my the voice mannerisms down. Oh, I'm, I know mine did. Oh. I've, I've, I don't watch those videos back of like my first year as a ring announcer because I'm just like, I cringe at everything I did. We had this outdoor show and I got sunburned. So, for oh. some, so instead of like, instead of like putting on the jacket, I just wore like a crappy world star t-shirt. And for some reason I, I kept my baseball hat on. I don't know why I did that. Cause now I look at that back. I'm like, I can't watch the show. Like yeah. I'm, I'm embarrassed by what it looked like. And like Nikolai Volkov was on the show and I didn't even want to go back and watch that segment. I'm like, God, I look, I look so I look well, I you know, and then because I'm a big wrestling historian, I start learning about what are considered like these outlaw promotions from back in the territory days that were just well, they still exist in, in some places. Uh, uh, I love New Jersey, that's my home state, but my god, there's a lot of them. Oh, boy. and yeah, yeah, I probably worked a few of them. Yeah, I have, and I'm not going to say who they were because I'm being <laughs> nice, but like, like I, I can't go back and watch that stuff because I look terrible, but. As everybody has pointed out, and Justin Glory always a wonderful voice of reason. He says, "It was your first year. We expect you to suck. Yeah. Did you get better?" I was like, "Well, yeah." He goes, "Then you're good." Glory's okay. the first independent promoter in Pennsylvania that paid me to do commentary. First person. There you go. I, he handed me an envelope. I was like, "What's this for?" He's like, "For your work." I was like, 
shit yeah, like, <laughs> i was like this? i didn't know i got paid for this yeah this is this is a great uh, i think my first payday with johnny glitter was was five dollars he just handed it to me he goes go buy yourself a cheeseburger and <laughs> i remember on the way home because i had two friends in the car i'm like we're stopping at mcdonald's and i'm like this money is earmarked for a cheeseburger johnny yeah. glitter told me to buy a cheeseburger and i did <laughs> i bought a mcdouble Take a picture <laughs> with that money yeah i think i did actually i probably it's probably i think it was probably on my myspace page good lord i'm dating myself now but <laughs> but i'm almost positive i i took a picture of the cheeseburger because i was so excited for like my first payoff yeah that show was fun too because that was uh i would have bought a beer that with was <laughs> that was my second ever yeah that was my second ever show that's where i met joey image and that was Luke Gallo's last show with Worldstar before he went to OVW. So we were all excited, like, oh, this is so cool. Drew's going to the big time. What's he going to do? And then he did the, the fake Kane thing. And we're like, oh, this is cool. He's going to get to work with Kane. And then the whole May 19th thing was him. Yeah. And then that lasted like a week. And we're like, oh, okay. And then Festus happened. We're like, oh, God. So I heard on a podcast he has an eight by 10 that he sold. So the fastest thing happened and he went back to the independent scene and he would sign eight by tens of him as Festus giving a big boot and his testicles hanging out of his shorts <laughs> and he would sign it and hand it out. <laughs> yes. I have heard that before. Uh, he's very proud of that by the way, but I'm, yeah. I'm super stoked for how, for everything he's accomplished. I've too. met him he's, twice. He's one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. In my life. Oh yeah. He's a, he's a great guy. And he most, was, he was most so guys who are on there. TV, sorry to cut you off. There's most guys who will come on TV that come to an end of promotion. They come in, mm -hmm. they do their job, they sign their autographs, they do their match, and they get the hell out of there. He sat in Gorilla the whole night, mm -hmm. watched everyone's match. What well, as soon as I came through the curtain, he's like, do your thing, and then come back to me. And he gave every single person feedback on everything the entire night. And he was like, listen, like this is what they would look at on TV. This is what you got to clean up. And I just remember like rotating on commentary and being back there and hearing him give people advice. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, I love this. Like he didn't have yeah. to do this at all. <clears throat> Some guys are going to big league you and other guys are just, they're one of the boys and they always will be. Yeah. Um, th this goes back to uh, the lowest attended show I ever worked was probably 13 people. It was in this really ghetto part beat. of some. Yeah. <laughs> every, every, apparently a lot of people have me beat, but it was in this just this horribly ghetto city in Connecticut. I don't even remember where it was. It was in this Jewish community center. Luna Vashon was on the show. And no, a I lot of people could have balked. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people would have balked at 13 people, not her. She went out and did everything she was supposed to do professionally. But the big takeaway from that, she took the time to learn all of our names, including the students that were like working production and stuff for, for the company. Like she took the time to, to learn everyone's name and talk to them and get to know them. And I'll never forget that because like, you know, here's this legendary female grappler, you know, comes from a wrestling lineage. She's Hall of Fame worthy. I don't think she, she wasn't in the Hall of Fame she's, yet. She's in the the the... Not the, the Hall legacy, of Fame, but right? like the legacy, which is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's in it, but that's that's what matters yeah. is, is she's, yeah. she's featured, and that's what's yeah. important. But like, she didn't have to do anything like that. That was her going above and beyond, and I always really appreciated that about her. And yeah. there have been a couple of guys that like, like Tito Santana, when I went to go collect his info for ring announcing, 
he had like his manager who was with him get talk to me instead. And I thought he was kind of like big league in us. Cause he was kind of like over in the corner private and everything. Turns out he's just shy. He just, he was just shy and nervous about talking yep. to people. And once he warmed up, he was one of the boys. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that too, where people are super shy and then they are, are people have a bad experience. Like I hate that guy. I'm like, good. A bad experience with him? I'm like, yeah, he did this, this, and this. And I was like, you got him on a bad day because I've met that person a few times and yeah. they're the, the coolest person ever. Yeah. I haven't worked with that many people that like have really rubbed me the wrong way on a consistent basis. There have been a couple, Same. obviously, but most of them have just been uh the rival promoters who went after GSW and tried to mess with those shows. And it, we can see how well they're all doing now. So <clears throat> By the way, uh, don't ever start a promotion. Three, I don't recommend it. Three <laughs> D. I'll give you a little hint. Three D. Uh, one of the one of the members of that team. Not a fan. Uh, gee, I wonder which one. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder which one he's talking yeah. about. I got a 50-50 yeah. shot. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like playing the table. Yeah. The one. Uh, well, the guy that gets the tables is a good guy. The other one, not so much. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah. So let's let's dive into that. To hit like you guys started uh, Garden State or well, I'm yes. sorry, GW, GC, GS, it's a, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm happy. GSW. Yeah, not GCW. GSW. Yeah, yeah. Can't take credit they for that. They started one. GCW, guys. No. Yeah, I know. Wow. Wow. We're, I'm not seeing any. Well, that's where I that. met you. Was <laughs> kind of before you go into the beginning. How we first met was the end right. of that GSW. promotion. Like really, like literally, right, like weeks before the pandemic. Hit. Do you remember you that conversation? Because a... we had that conversation. You, me, and Chris Decker. We're like, this COVID thing, you think it's going to get bad and affect independent wrestling? And, well, spoiler, it did. Yeah. Yeah. I. So the funny thing is there is that was my one of my first introductions of, like, coming to a show and trying to get mm-hmm. content. And I remember they're like, locker rooms there. Just set up yourself in a locker room and do your interviews. And I walked yeah. in, and everyone's changing. And I just – I was like – Looked at my buddy. I'm like, we're not getting a set. We're not getting a second of con- and, and content here. And they're like, why? I'm like, because we don't belong in here. Like, we're not part of the team. We're, no one knows who the fuck we are. And we have a camera and everyone's changing. So I just packed everything up and we stood outside and we just watched the show. And it was one of my favorite shows. I would like to this day, it was one of my favorite shows I was a part of. Um, and I, I got to see a lot of cool talent that night. Yeah. A lot, a lot of cool people came out of GSW. And I've, there's so many cool, cool people that I knew from world star that got involved with GSW. Like the, like the talents I met really early on before I even worked a show, Matt Turner, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Collis. Then I would meet guys like uh, Brad DeMeo and Eric Pinhat, uh, ref Matt. <clears throat> yeah. Ref Matt, Matt Derline. Like these just fantastic guys that are just so good at giving back to the business and just so good at giving back to the young talent. And they do it cause it's fun. And then, you know, all the, a lot of homegrown GSW talent that came out of there um, from guys, maybe they're not like homegrown GSW guys, but they got a lot of notoriety here working with guys like Brute Van Slyke and Jay Freddy, uh, Bo Nakoda, always a good time there. Adina Steele, who is phenomenal, and she's such a huge rising talent. Uh, Kit Raff, like so many great guys. I'm going to leave a bunch of people out, and I don't want to do that, so I'm going to not go into too much of a name game My- here. My first logo for my podcast for Tornado Tag Podcast was a was a photo of a girl German suplexing a dude, and it was <laughs> literally taken from the Adina Steel Kit Raff match from that's awesome uh, the, re- the reunion show, and then Chio's daughter actually took a photo 
exactly of the German suplex and then sent me the photo. And then I got to redo the logo and with an artist and then cartoonized uh, the cartoon version of Adina and Kit and then actually put that as a logo out there. That's so awesome. like my first my first match, my first intergender match, my first everything. And they weren't even dating yet. They were just wrestling <laughs> each other that night. Right. And, and now they're they're like a power couple. But like, yeah, my like that was the. For me, the introduction to independent wrestling was a uh, uh, that was that show, that reunion show, and seeing those two go out there in the beginning, and just like I was like, it didn't feel like a guy versus a girl match. They like, went out and just kicked the shit out of each other, and I was yeah. like, this match is fantastic. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I got to. I got to get with Ricardo about doing more of like the the power couples of wrestling because we work a lot with Facade and Danny Moe, and we've done shows with Victor Benjamin and Lady Frost. Like, I want to. I want to book. I mean, them you just, you just against- forgot. You just forgot an amazing couple. I'm just saying. You're talking about you didn't the fire started. I, I mean, was it law? What they just? What was their tag team name just last night? Uh, fire, <laughs> the law of fire. I don't know. Journey Burke and Journey uh, Burke Jenny and, yeah. and Journey Underwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah which, are, which are by the way, two more talents. I hope everybody's watching because mm-hmm. they're they're on it. They're on a huge tear and they're yeah. phenomenal. But like you know, there's there's like these cool power couples that we can work with. So I want to bring in Adina and Kit and have them tear through the roster as heels maybe i can manage him yeah um <laughs> you have to fight, you have to, up, i yeah. think you'd have to fight somebody for that manager spot though i think kid has a uh, manager uh, coach. uh a strong bad <laughs> I'll, I'll put on the strong bad match and just pretend i'm coach <laughs> your, your pants have to fall down yeah, or shout, it's not, it doesn't shout count. out shout out to coach by the way uh it, what is a uh, fatherly duties and everything yeah, shout out to him sweetheart he's awesome so um gsw was actually born out of world star wrestling frustration as uh i feel like a lot of people start promotions for this very reason um i'll I'll tell you the whole story of the the match i was gonna have that never had my one remaining goal in wrestling is to have a match and i that was the closest i ever came to it i'll tell you that story in a minute but a lot of frustration was happening and we all we all could tell that glitter was starting to write us off like he had new talents coming in and he was kind of using them. So like we did like a, I did half the show and then a new ring announcer came in and took over the other half. And it was to give me a break and not overwork me. And I'm like, no, you're, you're phasing us out. Um, not going to bury anybody here, but John got into an altercation with someone in the locker room <clears throat> who uh, specifically waited for Steve Carino and some of the other guys to leave before the fight happened, before he went and confronted John. And then he smacked him. And we were like, we were done at that point. We like John, cause John and I had rode in together and he goes on the way back. He's like, I'm done. I'm not ever working for that again. And I said, well, dude, I don't want to go back either. Cause I don't want to go back without you because I just, I don't feel safe there anymore. Like, you know, John's, John's my boy. And they've already pushed out other people. They were, I hadn't seen Turner or Collis in forever. I hadn't seen Imogen forever. Like they weren't using any of these guys anymore. Yeah. So I saw the writing on the wall. John saw the writing on the wall. John felt the wall. (laughs) So we were like, John's like, we could do this ourselves. I'm like, okay. But we started in Jersey because you don't need a license or anything or a doctor or anything for Jersey, which is why there's so many promotions. Uh, For for now, that might be like uh, for it. This will be a change for the better. Let's be, let's be real here. It's going to put a lot of people out. A lot of people that shouldn't be. But I like how the people who want to be who are gonna get pushed out are like that. Nah, we're just gonna keep doing it until they say something. Like they're gonna start saying something. Oh, they'll say something. 
but but uh, but once again, real real realistically, uh, new possibly new people in charge of the athletic commission in Pennsylvania as of mm-hmm. seven days of this recording. So maybe some stuff changes in Pennsylvania. We'll see. Yeah, but um, we I don't remember how Garden State Wrestling came about. Obviously, it's Grand Slam when it moved to PA, which I I love that they kept the acronym and everything. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure that was John. I don't think that was Decker because we were the three original creators. Yeah. And I just I just don't have that kind of like memory bank and everything. But we we got together. We we found a building. We found we rented one of Gino Caruso's rings because that was the best guy that we knew, the best local guy. And then we just we just called people that we'd worked with in the past until we had enough people for a card. And the the first show was at this. <clears throat> I can't remember the name of the building, but the ceiling was ridiculously low we should have had a low boy ring and we didn't uh steve cruz still ribs me to this day about that show every now and again i'll post a picture of like his head head hitting the ceiling in the ring <laughs> is, that the, is that, that the one i heard fine. where somebody went up and they were doing like if they if they went up and did a stone cold pose in the corner their their elbow their from their forearms up would have been in the in the ceiling tile pretty much yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've heard Except I don't think this was I don't think this was ceiling tile. I think this was like a cement ceiling. So you weren't yeah. you were just gonna break it, break a knuckle yeah. on that. But everybody worked hard, everybody worked well, and we kind of we kind of used the people that we had available to us. Our commentary team were two broadcasting guys I brought with me from college. Our security were college friends of mine. Um, one of my buddies did all the photography for us for that show just because he's a professional photographer, he just did it as a favor. Everybody did a really good job with it, and everybody worked with under the limited, limited circumstances. Um, I just I do remember, however, I up the audio in the back, and all of a sudden the power goes out for like a split second and comes back, and I was like, "What the?" And I hear everybody laughing upstairs, the locker rooms up the set of stairs behind me. So I go up there, and one of those like electric electric chairs that you can use to get up and down stairs, like a wheelchair accessible thing, it had moved. And I go up the stairs and I just look in the locker room and everybody points that image. <laughs> like it was him. I'm like, bro, you almost just killed the power. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sabotage our first show. Damn it. I, um, I've had a lot of people come on the podcast who talk about Garden State and like how it shaped them into who they are in the business now. We talked about Brad and Eric and mm-hmm. and and Phil Stamper and just like some of the names. Like you guys, we're, we're here in the early stages yeah, of this yeah. promotion, but like there's people who are on TV now who were yeah. wrestling for this promotion and like big was, names came through there. Like, yeah, like it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, wrestling promote promotion is very difficult. It can be very frustrating, but it was also a ton of fun. Like I remember one of the shows <clears throat> I, we had a tag team coming in from new England and they weren't going to make it. And they each called me independently to like blame the other one. And I was literally going to sign paperwork for my grandmother's estate who had just passed away. So I could like get some inheritance money from her. And I'm like on my cell phone dealing with this. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is what I've picked. But uh, John really took control and, and shaped it into the promotion that it was. Um, he and I have chatted about the possibility of any kind of resurrection. I know he's, he kind of wants to, it's just a timing thing, but he, he kind of thought of maybe doing like quarterly shows, like super shows and not really Mm -hmm. having storylines or anything, just having 
super shows under the GSW banner. I'm like, dude, I'm all for it. I'll, I'll be with you. Just tell me what you want to do. So I, I'd love to see that because it was, it was a good time. And that last GSW show was so much fun because it was basically like the history of GSW. Everybody who had been there at some point came in. As someone who work. knew nothing about it, the story yeah. that was told and the matches that were told, I was like, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. Like, like here's the history of the tag team division. Here's, you know, the the, the Phil is the anti-guy who's trying to take over the company. Like, every yeah. storyline, that beat was there for someone who's never seen another show. It made sense by the end of it. Now, that's why it always sticks into my brain is, like, it was a very well-told story. Yeah, and the, <clears throat> we actually have a picture. It's it's me, Joey Image, Rebecca Derline, and Phil Stamper. We were the authority figures over the years for mm -hmm. the company. We all took a picture together, which is, yeah. which is really cool. Um, one of the one of the best spots ever in a match too is when uh, Turner took a DDT to the outside and his daughter thought she legit died. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, that's always like, rough. Yeah, it's like, always oh. rough. When, it's always rough when the kids. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I've always said I'm not. I'm not one of those guys who who is gonna be like, oh my god, we need to do kayfabe like the '80s. I do believe there needs to be more kayfabe out there than currently is, but that's a very appropriate time to break kayfabe yeah. <laughs> is to ensure your daughter that you are alive. Yeah. So I, I, I can approve of that one. The two talent that I fell in love with on that show af after leaving that show, I was like, Oh, these are my two favorite guys. I'm going to follow them until they're done was is kit kit raft. Kit. Yep. And Trajan Horn were the two and guys. Trajan Horn. I was like, dude, I love me some chubby daddy. Like, that was my favorite guy ever since. Tra Tra my favorite thing about Trajan Horn is he's not playing a character at all. That's literally no. just him. That's just <laughs> That's him. Because <laughs> uh, I remember after the show, uh, we're all hanging out. And Trajan just comes walking back from the locker room in just underwear and a case of beer under his arm. <laughs> and that I, sounds and, about and right. That's he, what his action figure then is he said, be. Yeah. And then he said to me, I was like, what are you doing? He goes, this is the Jamie Senegal spot. Because I guess that was a Jamie <laughs> move where the case of yeah. beer and just walk around in the underwear. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I had such a good time. Such a great time at those shows. Everybody was always everybody always had a blast there. Yeah. Um, and they had a good they had a good crowd of regulars, too, that came to most of the shows. Um, of course, I was there for the, the final five for Joey Image, which was a, the big emotional send off that we gave for him. Um, and. But like, it's just, you know, wrestling was supposed to be fun. And like, yes, I do take it seriously as a sport and everything, but you have to have some fun with it too. Otherwise, it's what's still very much entertainment as well. It is as exactly. competition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's the one thing I need to have a match one time. Almost happened once. Almost happened. That's actually how the whole heel ring announcer thing came about in World Star Wrestling that didn't go anywhere. Well, here's what we do. Talk to Ricardo. Say, hey, I need a match. And then you go in and fight, and then I'll sit with Joey for one match, and I'll call your match while you're wrestling. Done deal. Here, oh, <laughs> Ricardo, Ricardo already said he'll make it happen. So, and, and he know he, he knows my back's all screwed up, so I'm not going to be like a good bumper. But yeah. if I'm ha if I'm having a match as a commentator or as a non wrestler, I'm not supposed to look like a good bumper. I'm not supposed to take good bumps. Yeah, I'm supposed to not look like I know what I'm doing. That's the point. <laughs> um, I yeah the. I like telling the story because I, I feel like the story would have worked and I'm going to tell you because I, I don't think a lot of people know the truth behind why this never happened, but I've learned the truth now. So I will, I will shoot on this a little bit. So <clears throat> we were doing a string of shows in Hazleton 
the Hazleton Ramada. And it had these big chandeliers. And I had just had LASIK surgery. And my eyes were still really, really sensitive to light. And I remember I walked in. This was like the third or fourth show we had done in this ballroom. And I walked in and the chandeliers just killed me. And I'm like, I can't do this. So I put a pair of sunglasses on and ring announced the entire show in sunglasses. And uh, Dr. Frank was our doctor for that show. Everybody probably knows who Dr. Frank is. Legend. Legend. But And he comes up to me after with Johnny Glitter and he goes, I got to tell you, that was the coolest thing ever with those sunglasses. Like, that was such a cool character thing. I'd never seen that before as a ring announcer. You got to do something with this. And Johnny Glitter is a wrestling genius. Like, that's the biggest thing I will positive I can ever say about that man. He can come up with month-long storylines like that. And that's exactly what he did. He came up with this idea where I was going to be the heel ring announcer and he had just brought David Adams back as his classic ring announcer. And the fans knew who David Adams was. So they cheered for him and they booed me because we were in front of these old school world star fans that were watching when him and Afa were still a thing. And they had all these old guys. So they didn't want to see any of these new guys. So they basically cheered all the old guys and booed all the young guys, except for Glitter Jr., the referee. They cheered for him. But. So we were going to use that natural reaction and they were going to be like, we're going to do like a five minute ring announcer match. You know, you're going to get in his face. He'll get in yours. We'll have you guys fight. <clears throat> he'll beat you. Send the fans home happy. We, uh, we'll teach you some basic stuff so it doesn't look completely garbage. Okay, cool. I'm all for it. And then David Adams just dropped out and I never saw him again. I know he still does stuff. I've just haven't seen him since. Yeah. So I still really wanted a match. So Salinas and I came together and we pitched an idea. Um, I don't know if, do you know who Chris Envy is? Have you worked with him before? It sounds familiar. <clears throat> okay. New York based wrestler. Uh, him and John had a big feud that summer for the cruiserweight belt. And one of NB's friends had gotten involved as a referee. Uh, his name was Tom ugly, sadly no longer with us. And he was going to turn heel, be a heel referee, and I was going to turn heel and be a heel ring announcer. And we were going to all kind of align with John and go after Envy. And it was going to be like Envy versus the world kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> the match that was going to come out of that that we pitched was Envy, every time he would win the belt, his oldest daughter was always there. And he'd pick her up and hold her up. She'd hold the belt up. Everybody cheered. And then John would, like, rip the belt out of her arms. And that would get huge heat because I thought you were going to say that Doomsday Device <laughs> Oh, that would have been. Yeah, that's how Andy turned heel. He Doomsday Device his own daughter. Picture <laughs> that off the grown man clothes. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think we could have gotten away with that one. <laughs> maybe, maybe in Philly we could have gotten away with that. Uh, you can get away in Jersey. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But this was this was uh, Northeast PA. They're not as uh, yeah. they're not as rabid up there. They're not as fun. They, Take it down to the 2300. We would have had that locked, locked yeah. in. They would have been, they would have been cheering for more. Oh my God. That's friggin' hysterical. So the, the match was going to be John and I versus envy and his daughter. And we laid out the whole match. It was going to be nice and simple. John and envy would run spots. Uh, envy goes down. He tags me in. I come in. I start getting offense. Envy makes a comeback. I do the cowardly, like hug John in the corner. Like, you know, tag him back in. They run spots again, take down Envy. I come back in, but this time 
something happens where I can't tag John out and I'm stuck in the ring with Envy. He hits me with a move that would, would have been safe for me to take. I was going to be a, a knee breaker. He was going to pick me up and just break me over his knee. And, and then he was going to splash me off the top rope. <clears throat> nice, easy stuff. I can take that. E- even if he botches the splash and, and hits me, it's not like I'm, I have to do anything crazy out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we practice it. It was good. And then he's going to tag in his daughter and his daughter's going to pin me. Um, I'm the non-wrestling heel. So I'm going to get a tremendous amount of heat because everyone's going to laugh at me. The little girl pinned me. John and Envy aren't affected. And the little girl wins the match and wins the day. Everybody thought that was a brilliant idea. Everyone was on board with it. The little girl was excited. I wish I could remember her name. She was super thrilled. She was all excited to be working with her dad. He loved it. John loved it. I loved it. Even as a, it was only a few years into the business, but he, but I was still, I was finally experienced enough to understand that like me losing the match was the right thing to do. And me getting yeah, yeah. pinned was the right thing. Like I was smart enough to understand that everybody was on board for it. And then like the next show, they moved everything into a new storyline and Justin glory, who I absolutely love to death, but he always tries to be a peacekeeper and didn't exactly tell us what the truth was here. He just wanted us to not feel bad. He pulls us aside and says, glitter, glitter had to drop the storyline. And the reason he gave us was because the athletic commission would have had an issue with someone that young being involved with a match for legal reasons. Okay. That's a perfectly reasonable excuse to cancel the match. So we were just, we're, you know, we're bummed, but okay, we get it. Well, we tried and we'll just, we'll come up with something different. And then shortly after that, the, the backslap happened and then GSW happened. So it never happened. I found this out years and years later. (laughs) The real reason the match got canceled is because glitter didn't think of it. And thus he didn't like it. And then found the reason. Yeah, I found so other reasons to shut down. Do it. Well, the reason it was shut down is a legit reason. Like that, like that made sense. It's a perfectly legit reason, but it turns yeah. out that that was also f- false. Yeah, that, that that wouldn't have actually been an issue because she technically wasn't doing anything. Yeah, if she had actually gotten in there, if they had done like Kenny Omega, well, they recently Japan, just not New Japan, uh, but you know, shut I mean. down some stuff at shows because there was a kid in the ring and all he did was come in and like pose and then leave. But they're like, a yeah. kid in the ring, not allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I I get the reason, and I'm sure it was a legitimate reason, but but I later found out that that was Glitter's reason. I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? You should have told me the the real reason. You should have you should have come up with that in the first place and stuck with it. Yeah, but well, uh, I want to shift gears a little bit here because we are coming up to that hour mark, and I don't want to. I don't want this to be a four-hour one because we'll go all day. We'll, we'll oh, table yeah. for a part two, and I want to get into <laughs> a little bit some here. But sure. um, so you're also a content creator as well as mm-hmm. we talked about the ring announcing. I want to stick with the wrestling real quick now, but um, ring announcing right now. Over, I'm not ring announcing. Um, commentating at at, at three legacies. We kind of said some names out there, but like when you, who are some of your favorite talent in that promotion to call matches for? Are when they're booked on the card, you're circling their name because you enjoy calling their stuff. That's the thing. He's He's got such a great array of talent right now that there aren't – he doesn't have bad talents. I mean, there's some guys that have come in and done one-shots and haven't come back, but I, I haven't seen any bad matches. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Um, and I don't want to leave people out again and, and make them feel bad, but I will say that – If you're left the, out, he hates you. Yeah, I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> bury him. But I love calling Zoe Cannon's matches and Al Snook's matches and now Just Jay's matches because watching these guys who were students and who were crew and now they're having these matches and they look phenomenal. 
<clears throat> you can tell that Ricardo's training is top notch. Um, I, I give Clayton Adams a shout out too. The only thing is he's being used as like a big man heel. He doesn't work as much as they do because they're all baby faces and they're yeah. workhorsemen. And that's nothing against Clay because he's doing exactly what he needs to do and he's friggin' great at it. But mm -hmm. you see more of them and you see more of their capabilities because, again, Clay's working for how he needs to work, but they have to shine more because they're smaller and they are shining. And I, I put them over really heavily because I love seeing the trainee get out there and just and just kill it. And mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> like we've actually said this on commentary, Joey and myself, Joey was the one that kind of took the lead here. But he's like, you know, I want he's like one Al Snook match. He goes, I didn't see any rookie mistakes. I didn't see anything that made me think this kid was having his first match. He looked polished. His match looked like he'd been doing it for a while. You know, he didn't look like a 10 year veteran or anything, but he looked yeah. great. And this is this. I, I almost mentioned this earlier. I forgot to. But my favorite commentary quirk, because every time Zoe Cannon wins a match, she's shocked. So my go to line now is no one was more surprised that Zoe Cannon won that match than Zoe Cannon was. And now she's <laughs> a, she started quoting that back to me. So I'm glad that that's yeah. resonated with her. But yeah, those guys. It's, are co great. it's cool. Um, when, it's cool when you say something on commentary that gets over. Um, uh, Matt Quay was uh, was wrestling. <laughs> I was doing a lot of Matt Quay matches. And I remember he came out and I said, Matt Quay lives by three things. He lives by the three M's because, you know, Kurt Angle, three eyes. And he's like, and mm -hmm. Pete DeLong's like, the three M's? I said, yes. America, <laughs> muscles, and mullets. That's amazing. <laughs> and it became <laughs> a t-shirt. It became, like, my commentary line became a t-shirt. Yeah. I was like, so so when you get that nod on commentary, it's like, yes. <laughs> Zoe may or may not be doing that. So, uh, oh, but, a, um... shocked, a shocked Zoe shirt. But the, uh, the the main regulars who've been there pretty much since day one that are just phenomenal, uh, Bro Keller, love Bro uh, Keller current matches. 3LW champion as we're recording this. Hopefully, hopefully I'm not. Hair, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, his wife made him do that for the wedding. Ah, oh, bummer. I, I asked him, I said, I said, why'd you cut the hair? He goes, Mrs. Made me do it, man. But he, she let we, him keep the stash. So, yeah, we were backstage at a show and we were going to get promo photos done. And I, I had my hair down. And there's a fan there, and I was like, "Yo, can we do some with the fan on, like blowing my <laughs> hair?" And the and and Frank Boris is like, "That's that's ridiculous. Like, come on." And I'm like, "It's funny. It's funny." And he's like, "No, right?" So I am like, "Whatever." And I take my photos and I leave the room, and I come back like three or four minutes later, and Bro Keller is there with his hair down and the fan <laughs> blowing on his hair, and I go, "Why is it not ridiculous?" For <laughs> He stole my spot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, God he damn. took my gimmick. <laughs> I guess That's as a great. commentator, it is kind of ridiculous, but it's for me. So yeah, I thought ridiculous it's, it's is perfect. Yeah, but ridiculous when Bro came in, fun. I was just, I just start yelling, and Frank started laughing, and then Bro's like, "What?" I'm like, "I tried to do that five minutes ago." He's like, "Why didn't you?" <laughs> uh, broke Love Bro Keller so much fun to work with. Yeah, uh, Tarzan Duran. What a, what a, what a great worker. What a great character too. Like, and he really is like a tough dude too. Cause he, you know, death matches aren't my thing, but like he kills it in those. And he's I've seen like those. Yeah. But he's so, he's so good at what he does. Uh, he, he, he giggled at our commentary line. Cause I, cause Joe and I started talking about like Tarzan action figures from back in the day during one of, during one of his matches. He, and he, he goes, came yeah, out that. of the show. He came out as a show one time and he wanted to come out as a new character and I was like, nah, he's Tarzan. I just call, he's I just Tarzan. kept calling him Tarzan. Yeah, and then he came out Tarzan. A later in the show and he's just like, I'm Tarzan again. 
<laughs> I think that character because, lasted like 13 minutes. Because Joe and I both work, uh, or we're both from New Jersey. We, when he, he's built from the jungles of Jersey, so which we just equate yeah. that to the Pine Barrens. Yep. I That's actually basically said where the jungles since, are. since Tarzan's been on the scene, not one report. Of the Jersey Devil, I think. Yeah, I think Tarzan killed it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, we, <laughs> we we do a lot of work with uh, Ace Dallas and Merrick Miami, uh, El Piranha. You guys have all pretty much been the regulars since day one. Um, <clears throat> they're finally shoring up their their women's roster here because Zoe Cannon needed opponents. Mm -hmm. But that's how we we started working with uh, Clara Carreras and Harleen Lopez and Journey Burke, and they've Journey and Harleen. I'm not yeah, no Danny not taking Mo, away the other name like, you said, but Har I've I've seen harleen and and journey work they are yeah. bright futures harleen harleen is is i've never seen someone more passionate about the business than harleen like i interviewed her on yeah. this podcast she was like emotional talking about this sport this industry like she's yeah. she's in it to she, win it she's so phenomenal uh yeah. she was in the she we had her in the red rose rumble and she got to body slam bill bain yeah which i, I think that was his idea too yeah. he's like yeah I'll, I'll let her body slam me i'll put her over um Bill Bain, another great guy work with a uh, sinister X has done spots for us as part of Kevin Murphy stable, Kevin Murphy, of course, the, uh, the top heel, like <clears throat> phenomenal guy to work with. We go back a little bit. Um, God, I'm blanking on names now and just people I've worked. With, I think, but. I think you guys got a real gem. Uh, and me and Ricardo talked about it on his podcast, but, and maybe I'm a little biased, just saying, yeah, I'm a little biased, yeah. but that JS Hawthorne, man, that he's a gem. That's a gem in this business. This author is so great because he's got such a perfect character for the wrestling business because he's it's theatrical. Mm -hmm. And and I like Broadway stuff. So I've I'm always coming up with Broadway references in his matches. And I've I'm not sure where I am right now on like my little ticker here because I haven't seen every Broadway play, but yeah. You, he he's yeah, so he's, much fun. And he to can work do heel. Too. He could do he could do uh, baby he could do face. He, he's literally so versatile that you could put him on commentary. I've done commentary with him. He's done yeah. ring announcing. He, he's ring crew. Like he is he is such a workhorse man. And 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 when you put him in front of a crowd, he just generates a reaction. Like oh, he takes off that absolutely. if he's a bad guy, he takes off that shirt and he's all that body hair. And was like, what the hell? And he'll eat it up. Like he's so. I seen him do drag recently. He's just yeah. so good at whatever he does. <laughs> he can do he can do it all. And that's that's yeah. what's awesome. That's like a that's a versatile performer right there. Yeah, My favorite was that. So. I, I do prefer to do my commentary without knowing the results because I like to call it as I see it. Yeah. But for the rumble itself, I was just curious who was going over because it didn't have a spot listed on there. And actually, I asked Hawthorne because he was looking at the lineup with me. I said, do you know who's going over this? He goes, not a clue. He, oh, I'm like, I love it. He's like, just going to figure it out as you go. He goes, I guess they haven't told me who's winning. Oh, he was actually winning yeah, he, it. So <laughs> yeah, he knew the whole time. He knew the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He just... Uh, I love the way he sold that for me, but uh, yeah, because actually the couple days before the show, he's like, are you gonna be able to make it? And I go, I can't, I don't have a car because I'm like in this weird funk. And yeah. he's just like, I'm winning it. And I was like, nah, -uh. and he's like, because he showed me the promo and stuff he's doing. And I was just like, oh, I'm so bummed. I'm so bummed, yeah. but I'm so happy for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was cool, too, because he was the number two guy and they had a he worked with a couple of regular regulars too, because we had Richie Nightmare in there and Jason Blade, uh, also great, phenomenal guys to work with. Mm -hmm. And uh, he got to eliminate Gene Snitsky as the last person who was the the WWE guy that was in the match. Yep. So he got to put out the top star that was technically in there because 
Snitsky and Clayton did the did the big man versus big man thing where Snitsky eliminates Clayton, and then as he's eliminating him, Hawthorne from behind pushes him out, and because he entered number two, and he did the he did Harleen's elimination, and like he puts her gently over the side, and then he freaking kisses her, and then slaps her to the ground, and man, did he get heat for that? Yeah, and that was so perfect, and I yeah. think I think that was her idea too, because yeah. I heard her say, like, if you're going to do my elimination, we got to, you know, we're going to get you the most heat possible. And I think she had just previously worked heel, too. But for, for that that moment right there, she was a shining baby face. Yeah, she, she's another one, too. Like, So that's the thing with Hawthorne is, like, I feel when he comes into a new promotion with his look, he's a great heel. Yeah, but for sure. And I think Harleen's going to fall into this trap, too. But, like, I think the more the talent and the crowd starts to learn about the person and mm-hmm. the character and the and, and who they are, they become top baby faces. Like, it's going to ha- like yeah. Hawthorne will be like he can be a great heel. But I think the more people fall in love with him and see his work rate and see what he can do and how he act, like they it, it just he's such a nat- he's he's good at being a baby face also. And I yeah. think that's the same thing with Harleen. Like you watch her and you're like, oh, she's bad. But then you're like, I kind of like, it's like an MJF treat. You're like, I want to root for them. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? We just um, worked with, uh, we just worked recently with Shaza McKenzie and uh, the unwilting mm-hmm. Tatiana, who are both phenomenal talents too. So you combine them. We've had Lady Frost and Mandy Leone in before. Lady Frost is so good. <clears throat> and so we've, we've got these great women here, but it's like, it's pretty much like, it's it's Zoe Cannon and Journey Burke, Harleen Lopez and Clara Carreras and Danny Moe are like the main regulars that are cycling through. So at the Rumble, they were the showcase talent. Four of them had a four way and then Harleen did the Rumble. Yeah. And that was you should a- look into. Uh, I, I, she's probably booked up a lot, though, but maybe just putting a shout out there. Another another female town. I'm a big fan of her work. Uh, we already said Adina, uh, but two other yeah. ones. I always say if, if you need strong people for a division, Christina Marie. But it's tough yes. to get her because she's worked so hard. And JC Storm, yeah. I'm a big JC Storm fan as well as uh, Cosmic. She's another one up in the New York scene. Uh, she usually is with Cosmic and Rembrandt. They work a lot. They're, they they train up at uh, it's Battlefield, and I think it's the school that um, uh, Masha helps train there. But uh, Cosmic, Ricardo, are you listening? Yeah, Cosmic, <laughs> Cosmic, and JC Storm, uh, Rembrandt. They're they are originally from House of Glory, but then. Uh, do other things but they're they're three good twins and then christina marie she's someone you could bring in and she's like your like beat her like she's like your chaser like she gets your title like you got to work your ass off to get it because she will kill <laughs> like she's so good yeah um but yeah well, so, steel was the first yeah. uh women's match that we had she wrestled mm-hmm. kayla sparks that was the yeah. main event of that show so whatever she can say she hasn't come back for us yet even though i know she wants to mm-hmm. realistic but yeah <laughs> But uh, Adina and Christine can put on some good matches too. Oh, for sure. And but if I, you can I, get her, Erica Lee. Erica Lee, yeah. Who I, I see some monster. artwork too. Yeah. She's amazing. You know, that's that's the thing. Like right now, there's a really good crop of female wrestling talent in, in this area that definitely need to get more looked at. And I'm a huge proponent and supporter of women's wrestling and you know, hashtag support women's, women's wrestling and all that. Yeah, there's a promotion I, I think at a so. it's it's I think it's a Maryland promotion, but it's like Capital Capital Women's Wrestling or something like that. It's like a complete, it's a full women's roster. And yeah, I I haven't really seen the work at the shows yet. I'll be honest, but the roster they have in there, like I think Sue Young works there every now and then. like like she's there. Um, that's actually how I met Sue Young. Is she was like me and her were at tables together, and. 
they were promoting that promotion and it's just like looking at their roster page like i know christine is there a lot and a few other names but it's like a full women's roster page it's like they do some good work and that's like if you need to grab a few people like hey collaborate or something like that because it is good it is good to see full women's uh, promotions on the scene because they a lot of women's wrestling doesn't take get taken seriously on the independent scene they they kind of get thrown into a match or it's like a multi-match or you know what I mean? Or it's not really treated to it. Like you don't really build a women's division up on the scene and it's tough for them to well, get with, over. Well, with Zoe Cannon being such a beloved regular as the homegrown talent, uh, basically every woman she wrestles has gotten over because they're so into her mm-hmm. that everybody she fights, it, it, even if it's babyface, babyface with Clara, but Clara's become a regular too. So she's she's got her own fan base now, but you know, her matches with Harleen and with Journey Burke have just been amazing matches and they've traded yeah. back and forth and they did the whole like, is is Zoe Cannon going to hit the Boston Crab? Because she's from Massachusetts, so that's her finisher. In fact, one of the best dynamics they did was they had her and Al Snook team up against Journey Burke and Junie Underwood, which was great because three of them were baby faces except for Journey Burke. So yeah. they all did like a big handshake at the beginning and Journey Burke just slaps their hands away. Junie's got like this offended look on his face. Like, yeah. no, code, code of honor. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, so the last thing for the wrestling side of thing, and then we'll switch gears over to your content. Um, yes. So uh, where can people watch Three Legacies Wrestling? <clears throat> well, if you can't make it to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the premier streaming network has the entire library of three legacies wrestling, or you could check us out on YouTube. Are you guys and uploading some matches on be... YouTube? Yes, we actually had one show. We unfortunately couldn't send to premiere because we had audio issues. So we gave it away for free. Nice. So yeah, premier but network. Yes. That is the Freddie Prince Jr. Network. Yes. <laughs> That's what I call it. Um, but Good Lord, I work for Freddie Prince Jr. Now. <laughs> yeah, tons and tons <laughs> of great. I, I, maybe it's not good to say this, but I say if you're going to support independent wrestling, there's three ways to do it, and it's super affordable. Premiere mm-hmm. is a great place, Premier. tons of places. Yep. IWTV and yep. Fight TV. Yep, Fight TV. There they are. And Fight Fight That's... TV. Not trying to put one over the other, but like I think it's like five bucks or four ninety nine, and all of GCW is on there too. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. Like that's a great. Like someone who <laughs> buys the collective every year for hundred and fifty bucks, four ninety nine yeah. to get all of it give me that <laughs> premiere does have a premiere does have a bit of a because it's, it's a yearly subscription fee i know it has gone up but there's so much content on there that you're not gonna there's like you're not gonna run out too. yeah there's there's tons of podcasts that's where um what's his name major, uh, cardona major, and Myers. Yeah, major yeah, figure major, yeah yeah they're on there so yeah the, you're always gonna get new content too so yeah hey, premiere, premiere if you, if you want need a see, podcast yeah, there you go <laughs> Tweet or ABJ on Premier Network now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> check out check out 3LW and check them out. They're on Pro Wrestling Tees. You can check out the Three Legacies Academy. You can check them out on social media. They're on all the major social medias. So yeah. don't miss out. Uh, so we are at the, the hour 15, but I do want to talk about some of your content. So tell me some of the things you yes. got going on, and let's, let's get into that. <clears throat> so you can check me out on the uh, YouTube channel, the CKCC Video. And the uh, podcasting channel is CKCC Radio on all the major podcasting networks. CKCC stands for Club Kayfabe Creative Community. Uh, Club Kayfabe was the original wrestling group that I had started. I used to have a message board. I'm going to really date myself here. And we moved that into a Facebook group as just a natural evolution, and I called it Club Kayfabe. We were the home of true wrestling fans, even though we had a couple people in there that were questionable. We got rid of them real fast. We ended up starting a podcast related to it, and then that became the Club Kayfabe podcast. 
Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk later on. And then I kept, I, I liked, Kayfabe is like my favorite word. It I just got I, put in the dictionary. I know, which is so crazy. I yeah. can't get the license plate in PA though because Ultramantis Black has it. I look That's for right. it. That's right. He does. That's right. Because Joe has the, the jersey one and he's got the PA one. And when they had the show together, they parked next to each other and took the picture. <laughs> like, I can't get it. I can get like CLBKYFB though. Like I've looked that one up. Maybe I'll yeah. get it. I have no idea. But I want to get ABJ570. I'm going to look that up. Do it. See if it's there. It's probably yeah. available. Um, so the the podcasting channel has a multitude of shows on it. I'm in the process of launching two brand new shows. One has not been titled yet, but it's going to be an evolution of a show I used to do called The Nerd Table, where we just get around and discuss nerd stuff. Love it. And 3LW is actually going to be sponsoring us. If so you we'll need be... a guest, I like nerd, <clears throat> nerdy talk. Well, absolutely. And we're going to actually bring in uh, two of our female friends are going to join us here. It's going to be five of us on the round table, or as I called it, a pentagon, or as my buddy Eric called it, a pentagram. But Love we'll that. see where we're going with that. I, I, still, I still fit in. I still fit in. There it is. Yep, there it is. <laughs> um, the Not So Humble Bradcast is going to be a one-on-one -on -one interview show. And I came up with this concept. Uh, I actually used to have an old podcast where I just interviewed my friends and talked about cool stuff. And then I... Later on, I saw you did a show called Interviews with Everyday People that I thought was really cool, and I liked that mm -hmm. concept. And then I was kind of going over all the cool stuff that I've done in my life, and I realized, man, I'm you know one of out of 8 billion people. Think about all these other great stories that are out there, and people, nobody's talking to these people because they aren't quote-unquote anybody, but now that I know so many cool people who've done stuff, it's time to have them tell their stories. So, of I course, uh, Ricardo was kind enough to agree to be interviewed so he'll be on your show you'll get to see him on mine <clears throat> 3lw of course as one of the sponsors uh one of our other sponsors the future is now coalition a company that i work for still growing by the way still growing um now we're in a weird we're in a really weird transitional period where we're about to blow up and maybe by the time you guys are hearing this we will have blown up and started hiring more media people just uh throwing that out there uh, more media people. We're going to definitely need them. But uh, I'm working with the media team here. We're actually changing the face of American politics, which seems like an impossible task, but it's we're actually pulling it off. And the second we get funding, which is why we've launched an Indiegogo campaign, uh, we're going to we're going to be off to the races here. Uh, the founder, Travis Miserable, is going to be a guest on the show as well. So you guys can check that out. And uh, my buddy, Adrian, who runs Motivational Vacations, he's a travel agent. And he's a motivational speaker. So that's like two episodes right there because I can see yeah. those pretty easily. Um, he's going to be one of the guests as well. But I've, I know I've definitely talked to you about this, not trying to blow secrets or anything, but we've talked about having you on and I've talked to a couple other people. So I've got the content ready. Really, at this point, it's just getting the show out there. By the time this airs, it's probably out there already, guys. So it's a uh, CKCC radio. We're on all the major podcasting networks and there's other shows you can check out too. My buddy Jeff has a show called real paranormal talk where he talks about his actual experiences as a paranormal investigator and discusses ghost stories, everything from legends, uh, cryptid legends, like the Loch Ness monster and the Jersey devil. I love cryptids, love yeah, cryptids. Cryptids are awesome. And yeah. uh, I've been on a couple of those episodes before. And he also does a show called ranking tracks where he takes an album listens to it and then ranks all the songs on it from his least favorite to his favorite. And that's he awesome. does a lot of different genres too, which is a lot of fun. 
<laughs> so there's a multiple of platforms and stuff coming there. The YouTube channel, I'm actually working on a game show called Trivia Battle Royal, where I take a bunch of contestants. I ask them questions, and whoever gets the lowest scores, I boot them, and we keep going. I love that. Um, I'm, if you like game shows and playing game shows, you should definitely yes. go check out my Discord. I uh, I have a guy oh, in sure. our Discord. I'm in yeah, your Discord. He, he, yeah, he he hosts game nights all the time, and he's very, very yeah. good at it. He's also game my logo so guy. Much fun. Yeah, yes. logos by Hunter. Check him out. Yes, game game shows are so much fun. So you guys can check that stuff out. And I have a ton more content I'm working on. Some of it might be up by the time you guys are seeing this. It's just that because I'm working the two jobs, and I want to give a shout out to the Inn at Leola Village, the hotel I work at, who promoted me to projects manager, huge promotion. Nice. And I want to give them a shout out too, because I'm actually, uh, even though I've <laughs> really, the hospitality industry has beaten me up over the years. Uh, I want to give them a shout out for being one of the best hotels I've ever worked at. Phenomenal management team. Everybody works really well together. They care about the place. It's a Forbes rated four star hotel and they act as such, which I appreciate because yeah. I worked at another four star hotel in Orlando that didn't act like that at all. So, <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, and so shout out to them. So to, to Fink and the Inn at Leola Village and Motivational Vacations and of course 3LW, check them out, guys. They're, they're, they've been phenomenal. They've helped me a lot and they'll help you. Yeah, it's a great, great promotions. Thank you so much for doing this, man. We there's definitely has to be a part two because there's a whole other layer to like the Disney oh, yeah. side of things that we haven't covered. Um, it's going to so be really crazy when people hear like the stories. Like, uh, I've got a ton of stuff. Like, maybe we can try to do like an interactive thing beforehand. So people can ask questions because there's a lot yeah. of rumors out there that I'd love to qu to to quench. But there's a lot of stuff that's true that I think a lot of conspiracies a lot of too. <laughs> oh, there's what's conspiracies. going on that island. There's a monster on that island. The government was. <laughs> yeah, his name is Mickey. Yeah, he's a he's a um, tyrannical beast. So it's funny you're saying all the other content. Like, so hopefully in October I have like another week of interviews and I'm done for the year and I'll have the yeah. rest of the year done and then I maybe have like four or five interviews for the new season next year too kind of in the bank but um I want to start doing like the not cool in high school again and the yeah, yeah, beers sure. and the um not cool in high school horror that we I spawned but never really did anything oh, with and then and then the tornado tag so I want to start doing like movie reviews so I'm going to like bring somebody on be like hey what's your favorite movie let's watch it not on the podcast but we can watch it simultaneously oh, or for sure we watch it together and then just kind of talk about the movie and review it so that's coming soon um album reviews the first one i'm doing is the new blink album so by the time you watch this it'll be you believe be that already. man like what year is I, this <laughs> dude, did you, have you heard the three songs they released so far i actually have yeah I, oh, i'm so I'm actually, good I'm, I'm digging it yeah i'm, I'm digging a it, like, huge blink fan but yeah so the do you remember so, this was recently it, well not that recently but like like blink had come out with a new song and like jimmy world had a new song yeah and i was like what's happening right now where did these guys well, come from they've been later on in that month blink's <laughs> coming out with an album and so is uh um oh my goodness just had a brain fart <laughs> i can't help you with this one i'm not sure who else is coming out with a new why album. am i not i'm like dying here right now um <laughs> Don't edit this. Oh, Taking Back Sunday. Yeah, Taking oh, Back Sunday. Yeah, so okay, they're coming well, out a new album. So, yeah. Um, wasn't, but, yeah, so wasn't we're very similar them, in our so passions for wrestling and pop culture and all that. So, <laughs> oh, for uh, sure. So definitely link up with both of our channels. You'll see us cross-promoting. And the thing I want to start doing, too, with Tornado Tag, um, we're probably going to be recording either this week or the next week, but we're doing, like, an independent spotlight. I, I kind of like sure. – you, you're doing that on social media. I think it's very, very cool that you're doing that, where you pick uh, somebody, you get a small write-up, 
uh, I, I think it's awesome that you're doing that. And I want to kind of showcase that on tornado tag. So we're going to yeah, start maybe I, bringing you in and like each of us pick like two people and we talk about why we like them and why people should be watching them and get more eyes on the independent wrestling scene. Oh, shout out to Andy header who encouraged me to actually put them in an album. And yeah. then I said, oh, cool. Since you came up with the idea, I'll do the next spotlight for you. Just give me a little write-up. And then he never did. So no, I have to, He won't. He I, won't do it either. <laughs> I know. I know. I got I to I be on. Hopefully, by the time you guys see this, that will have already happened. But I need to, like, yeah. get, like Andy. It probably Andy. won't. It probably won't be out. Yeah. He did Andy send on, me the picture he wanted me to use. But now I have to yeah. just make stuff up. So Just give him a full kayfabe <laughs> list. Like, yeah. like. Yeah. Andy, the man, longest reigning. <laughs> yeah, he was he was Garden State uh, wrestling champion for 15 years. I still, they don't think they lost that title, right? That's still a thing. He's not even, still he wouldn't even still be the champion, so that's even better. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even think the promotion was 15 years old at this point. Is it 2007? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think yeah. about it. <laughs> no, that, no. Yeah. I'm Blue and Gold has been tag team champions now for decades. Yeah. Um, blue and gold are the tag team champions of my heart yeah very good guys i want um, blue and gold versus ftr let's make it happen well we, we he he wanted uh rock and roll express in the worst way but i think that ship has now sailed i think they're officially they're on the they're on the the, the you could probably get well, what's it, uh, ricky and his kid you could i think you could yeah. yeah i watched i watched rock and roll express versus stepdads that was fun oh yeah another another great group of guys too the stepdads. Yeah. what yeah. a fun gimmick too <laughs> so good but that'll do it i think i think this is officially the longest podcast so far i've done yeah sorry that's doing it. no that's i love my it. fault but I, <laughs> l- listen the old interviews with everyday people used to be like two hour shows sometimes three it was out of control yeah. and people were like i don't want to sit for three hours so i've been trying to keep them around an hour but if they go over i'm not upset by it but listen no, that'll do it leg. for the abj podcast we'll be back again yes. next week with another episode and we'll see you guys next time yeah thank uh, you make guys sure you follow all his links and support go to his content and support it and we'll see you guys follow next his time. links his links support all down him there too. here's yeah, the converse it's kid. all down there do it we're right out there. of here right there. Bye-bye.